uh, I'd heard rumors that the Pope was uh, uh, coinciding his retirement with an investigation of uh, gay papal authorities. That's actually in the news over here. I don't know what is in the news in Europe, but that's what they're reporting here. So I don't know what the implications are with that, why he should step down just because they're investigating certain people in the Catholic Church who happen to be gay. No implications were made in the news. But, I mean, I, th I think the first thing is, when was the last time a pope retired? 600 I mean, years ago. Exactly. These people are going to be appointed by God. How do you retire? I mean, seriously, if, if, if you're appointed by God and you retire, are you not telling God he made a mistake? Well, there you have a problem. You see, the pope is infallible. And God's infallibility... I don't know how, how they clash with God's infallibility. Oh, I've got it. You've seen the film Dogma, yeah? Uh, yes. Yeah, the film Dogma, absolutely fantastic. So all we need, uh, saying is the Pope is infallible, is all we need to do is get the Pope to say that there is no God. And then God will cease to exist. But then I mean, it, he wouldn't fallible, so... That's a paradox, right? Yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? <laughs> I want to talk about something related to the Pope, but not, not directly related to his resignation. Uh, it, was, it was on the, the news recently here locally that uh, there was a prediction back in, uh, let's see, 12th century. It was published in 1595 uh, that there were a certain number of popes before the resurrection of, and return of Jesus. And according to... This, according to this uh, prophecy of the popes, uh, which was supposedly made by uh, St. Malachi, a uh, 12th century archbishop, uh, this is the penultimate pope. In other words, there's going to be one more. Uh, all we know is that he will be called Peter the Roman, and then Jesus will return in the beginning of the apocalypse. So yet another one. You know, 2012 has come and gone, did, right? Did now I it's, get that now right? it's time for the... The apocalypse to come. Peter the Roman. Peter the Roman. Uh, uh, That's the, the, the last, last one on the list. Um, so there is currently a guy walking around who's called Roman. Peter the Roman? No. And when was the last guy thunder. called Roman? You can't be so literal. You have to reinterpret these prophecies after the events have already happened. And then it will be completely obvious, you know? Like you rearrange the letters of Roman and assign each of them a number. And then you add the numbers together and you add the sum of all those numbers together. And then it will spell out the actual name of the Pope. Jeez, Thunder, I've never done this before. And you're allowed to add a random number in there as well at some point. Well, yeah, I mean, as long as it's 7, 9, 11, 3, or 2. Uh, <laughs> so it doesn't really you know, matter. I, I, I really think it doesn't we're all really wasted. matter that the Roman Empire fell, what was it, 600 years ago, 700 years ago, something like that? Uh, yeah. A little more yeah. that, I think. <laughs> I mean, my, my, you my, my European history is not as hot as it used to be, but... Uh... <laughs> Funny that, that there, there's a seven and two zeros there. Thunderfoot has two zeros in his his name. So yeah, the, the second I become pope, the world will end. 
Do you remember the, the end of the previous Pope where you couldn't really even tell if the guy was alive? It was like um, uh, Weekend at Bernie's. Do you remember that movie? I mean, the guy could have died two years into his, his papacy, and most people wouldn't have known the difference because he was just sort of hunched over all the time, whispering his blessings or whatever into the microphone. It would be really easy for a good ventriloquist to have faked that. Uh, what I, what yeah. I like about this, this retirement is that the guy's going out while he's still in command of all his faculties. You know, we, had, we don't have to drag through these uh, obviously inattentive popes or popes who, who are obviously letting people behind the scenes do all the, the ruling. Uh, and maybe this will open the door for someone that's a little more progressive. You know, maybe yeah, we'll, we we'll see them replace the whole birth control thing. How could we possibly replace Pope Benedict? I mean... For Americans, that's just the greatest name for, for an atheist to choose a pope. We couldn't choose one with a better name than Pope Benedict. And and what what was his, his last name? Ratzinger. Can we get a better movie villain? Really? I mean, this is the this is the pope that atheists dream about. He looks exactly like Darth Sidious. He was a Hitler youth, literally. This guy is the ultimate villain. Uh, for no, no, no. I, I I think you underestimate the. Roman Catholic Church's ability to rise to the challenge. I I think they can do better. I, I, I think they I'm not sure how, but they'll do it somehow. Pope Blofeld. No, Mr. Bond. I expect you to die. Yes, that's right. Yeah, the next the next Pope will will stroke a white pussy cat um, <laughs> uh, pausefully. Okay, that kind of <laughs> that burned itself out pretty quickly. Um, anyway, so I expect to see in the, in the next, uh, no, no, next no, selection, no. we'll see a lot of end of uh, times prophecies being made. Uh, you know, look for it. The other one that I am just convinced is going to hit this year is the fundamentalist uh, Mormon Church are on the verge of something big. Uh, read about it in the news all the time. Keep your eyes open, because I honestly think that, that they're about to become a doomsday cult themselves. Tell us why. These people? Well, the um, leader of the movement has always been a David Koresh-type figure. You know, they, they live... Uh, they are essentially a cult. I mean, you know, they're a polygamist cult, uh, but they're very charismatic, personality-driven. And uh, was it the Jeffs family? Um, the the leader of this fundamentalist Mormon cult uh, is old and has had health problems. And there's all this stuff about uh, he has forbidden all his people to communicate with outsiders, and, and they're starting to stockpile weapons. And you know, there's all these rumors coming out of the compounds about uh, you know this last stand kind of mentality. So it's it's a little scary to me, I think. You mean Utah is about to secede from the uh, Union? Well, remember now that the Utah is dominated by the, the mainstream Mormon church, and they're the biggest opponents of the fundamentalists, the uh, uh, FLDS, right? And they've hounded them out. And so that's why when you hear about these uh, compounds, like the one in, in Texas, uh, it was because they couldn't safely live in Utah because the, the, the mainstream church would, would come after them. The same thing, they're like in Arizona, New Mexico, and Texas. Uh, and I fully expect them to, to hold themselves up somewhere uh, and just start taking pot shots at, at federal officers. 
Now, this is the group, for those of you who are unfamiliar, this Warren Jeffs has unquestioned authority over a town dedicated to him, an entire town that he rules, and he has, I forget the number of wives that he has, but he constantly brings in new ones, and some of them are as young as 12, 13, 14 in that area, and that when he when he weds and simultaneously beds his new um, adolescent bride, it is with full witnesses of his other wives who he employs to hold the girl down in the ceremonial bed while they do audio recordings of the, uh, uh, I don't know a polite way to put this, they're joining, <laughs> his cleaving into her, as it were, that sort of thing. I mean, it's all well and good to sort of poke fun at the conventional Mormons, but these guys are nuts. I, you know, it, it, it's this is one so, of those things where these right. are the guys the Mormons call nuts. So right. I'm, I'm curious. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I, I, what, what sort of manpower are we looking at for these Mormons? I mean, are we looking uh, at hundreds of thousands? Yeah, yeah, hundreds to thousands. So we're, we're, we're looking low, low look, So we'd be looking at uh, Waco on steroids. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, but with an entire community, not just a building. You know, it would be yeah, an entire because, city. Of. Yeah, and this guy doesn't just have an old Camaro. I mean, he has he has a police department of his own that he runs. Right. But isn't he in prison already? I thought that was all he. They got him in prison a year or two ago. Uh, oh, I mean, haven't the... kept up with it. Well, yeah, yeah. He, Warren Jeffs is already in prison. There's another one though that's actually running it. Yeah, see that. that's right. I, I I need to read up on it a little bit more. Yeah, and somebody else mentioned in here that we could have a female pope. That would be neat. Uh, we, if you're <laughs> looking for a great villainous, I don't know. What what do we think of uh, the name Cruella de Pope? <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what, what if they do get someone in there who is a progressive? I and mean, what if what if they get someone in? And and I think the biggest thing that they could possibly do is renounce the the opposition to birth control and just you know embrace that. That would have a huge effect in Africa. Yeah, but they and, they they can't. This would cause a schism in the church. Yeah, that there is a rate of change that any of these organizations can stomach. And to a degree, the Anglican Church found this out because the Anglicans also have, um, well, all the people in England, but they also have a load of people in the ex-Commonwealth countries. And they come to this sort of thing, can we ordain women as ministers? And in England, it's like, meh, whatever. But um, if, the, if the Church of England does this, um, this causes uh, great problems throughout Africa where they won't stomach that sort of thing. And I think the same thing goes with the Catholic Church, that um, they, they simply can't say, they can't do these sorts of reversals um, without essentially causing a schism in the church. Having said that, the current pope, I think it was the current pope, did just sort of abolish the concept of purgatory. Uh, oh, yes, which, yes, he did. Arbitrarily pulled out of his butt that uh, everything that the other hundred or so infallible popes have been arguing for for the last several centuries, was completely wrong. There's no such place. 
I've decided there's no purgatory and all of the other infallible popes were wrong about that. Oh, and by the way, here are seven more deadly sins the Bible forgot to mention. Really? <laughs> I'm sorry, that sounds like a book, doesn't it? It sounds like one of those <laughs> infomercial books they sell late at night. What, yeah, what were yeah, the seven? Wait, there's right. more. What were the seven that they left out? Look, I, I, I memorized the first seven. I didn't memorize the second seven because that was just a pope pulling them all out of his ass. Okay. Thou shalt not prevent a pope from becoming pope simply because he served in the Hitler Youth. I think it was jaywalking, uh, duck face pictures, and schmoo. And no one wants to know what schmoo is, so they're just not going to ask. An interesting question from the chat. Um, somebody addressed this one. Uh, does he become um, non-infallible once he resigns next Thursday? Well, obviously. Right? Uh, because some... someone else becomes fallible at the same time he becomes... No, there's a period where no one's fallible. Or infallible. infallible. <laughs> yeah. Well, until, they, until they elect a new one, um, there is this brief moment where there's no infallible... Uninfallible. Sorry, I've got confused. I'm confusing myself. Can I just ask, is my audio better? Is, am I still Much. echoing? Yes, yes your audio is better. My video appears to be out, but it seems it's, it's okay because Thunderfoot said something right at the moment that I was drinking a beer that caused me to laugh uncontrollably, and I'm so glad the camera did not get that. <laughs> you don't think the camera stopping functioning at the same time was sort of a mere coincidence then? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was an ungraceful moment. Thank you very much, Thunder. No problem. Yeah, I mean, I, I, don't, I still don't get how they can have the Pope, who was supposedly appointed by God, resign without saying that God's actually making a mistake. Well, that's hmm. because the Lord moves in delirious ways. That's a good one. I like that. Delirious ways. Okay. My wife wants to say something now. Say something. Okay, it's worse. It's worse than that. the The Pope is going to have to stay on the Vatican grounds because once he stops being Pope, he no longer has dip uh, diplomatic immunity, and he might get prosecuted for um, covering up uh, the child um, sex scandals in the Vatican uh, by the Catholic Church. Yep, she didn't have her headphones in yet when we mentioned that before. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just curious: Are there any children in the Vatican? Not that are yeah. legitimately there. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there, there are, um, there are altar boys. I mean, I've, I've been to the Vatican. Uh, really? You see them walking around. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, hmm. Otherwise, you know, the pope's, the priest would get lonely. I was about to say. <laughs> oh, that was a cheap shot. I'm, I'm Not as cheap that. as the one I was aiming for, which is do the choir boys walk kind of funny in the Vatican? Well, there's a subtle difference between the word choir boy and concubine. Let's move on. <laughs> yes, <laughs> moving on. Well, Thunder, should we take this opportunity to talk about your video contest? I'm trying to remain as quiet as possible because my audio has an echo, so um, I'll interfere as much as, as little as possible. But tell us about your video competition. Yes, so uh, Eugenie Scott is organizing the first slice of it. One of the judges that she's got on is Professor Sir Harry Croteau, uh, who is actually a Nobel laureate, uh, won his Nobel Prize in Chemistry in the late 1990s for the joint discovery of a new form of carbon, an allotrope of carbon called fullerenes, which have since become... 
a very wide family of um, molecules. Um, but yeah, he's also um, he's very pro-science, um, and I'm very glad that uh, Genie managed to get him on board. Um, but there has been a depressingly small response to this uh, video contest so far to the point where I've only got two entries. That is, if you were to put in an entry at this point, you would be guaranteed to win. Now, I don't know whether that's going to change or not um, over the coming month or so. Um, the deadline is the beginning of April. Uh, so if you want to enter, all you have to do is make two videos of five minutes or less, upload them to YouTube about how great science is. How uh, somebody, somebody, in the chat, somebody in the chat did actually just ask, what is the topic for these videos? Do you want to uh, it, that? It's, the topic is basically how um, great science has been for mankind. Um, all the wonderful things that it has allowed us to see. That um, I mean, if you think about it, just of all the humans who have ever lived, uh, what fraction of them even had the slightest inkling that we were living on a on a spinning sphere going around a a nuclear reactor? Um, just things like that. It's really changed our perspective of the universe. Uh, so yeah, you make a couple of videos like that, five minutes or less, and it, it, all you got to do is is impress the judges. That's Basically, all the rules. Make good videos, win the prizes. And do you want to tell people where they can find out more information? I think you've got it on your blog site, amongst other things. Yeah, so I've got it on my blog. That's uh, thunderfoot.org. Um, I've also now got three videos up on the subject. Um, each one has the very simple rules in the description below. So... Yeah, I mean, the whole thing was geared up to try and encourage more people to uh, make pro-science videos on YouTube. Um, so here's, here's hoping that by the end of this year we'll have some more juicily awesome videos about science on YouTube. We had um, some incident in Bangladesh that you wanted to discuss, Aaron. Oh, yes, there's been in the news just recently, uh, there's, there are atheist bloggers in Bangladesh, who uh, following what is going on in America, however, they are not in the comfortable environment that we are. At least one of them has been killed, brutally attacked, and beaten to death so far. And uh, the crowds in Bangladesh are holding up signs, you know, calling for the deaths and, and uh, horrible treatment of any atheist bloggers. And they have four primary targets. One, as I said, has just been killed. I'm not sure about the fate of the other ones. And that—that's really all I know. I mean, I'm—I'm I'm sorry that I don't—I didn't pick up any more than that, but I did just catch that before I came on. DPR, I got something if 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 we can. Yeah. Let's uh, have a free call. Go for it. Dev Shell's uh, annual was it Madness Mayhem and Charity event is coming up. That's still quite a ways out. It's April sixth and seventh, um, and there's going to be some. 36-hour blogathon benefit for uh, HIV research. Um, I I don't know quite if I signed up for it or not, but if I did, uh, I'm going to try to use my slot. There is a, a local 
uh, physics symposium uh, coming to town here, uh, the, the local university, Texas A&M. Uh, are going to have four Nobel Prize winners lecturing, and then they're going to have a lot of hands-on demo-type stuff. So I'm going to take my camera, my my video phone, basically, and broadcast from there uh, to, to take you through some of the, the demos that they do. So that should be interesting if, if I get it all signed up and worked out. Um, and, and I'll have my kids with me, so you'll be able to experience physics through the eyes of a, an 8-year-old. Eight-year-old. Now you've got my interest. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I. DPR Jones so, or Pope. He's got the right. right <laughs> but but does he look good when he is in his underwater fortress, stroking his pussy, saying, <laughs> "I expect you to die, Mister Bond." I think we're confusing our Bond villains. Yeah, but come on, the next Pope has to have. Right, they're going to have to lose the Vatican and turn it in into an underwater base. This is the only way they're going to trump Raxing. Or a dormant volcano. I think that's always been my favorite. Oh, definitely. Yeah, move the, move the Vatican to Vesuvius. Yeah, I've got a Google alert in case one comes up for sale, because I really have been working on my evil science lair. Um, you know, it's important. Yeah, and I, I I got another question about the whole Pope thing. I mean, when you do the replacement Pope, I, I mean, ideally for the Catholic Church, they're not going to want to get somebody who is an atheist wet dream to make Catholicism look bad. They're going to try to get somebody who will improve the population because Catholicism is in decline, so, just like it else. So right? You, you, uh, who who is your now prime choice for the Pope? No, uh, I want, it's not a it's not a who so much. It's Whoever you get to be the next pope, what the hell could he possibly do that could now, come on, the, the, There is an obvious choice for the next pope. It's either going to be Mel Gibson or, <laughs> or, Tom, or, or Tom Cruise. I mean, this is they need they need, they need to um, up the up their game, you know. <laughs> but seriously, well, this is an interesting point. Someone said an atheist pope, which would be quite fun. But um, two things: there was um, the only cardinal that we have in this country who's going off to the conclave, conclave to uh, vote on the next pope. Um, there were allegations that uh, came out in the papers today um, accusing him of inappropriate behavior with other priests going back some 30 years. <laughs> there seems to be no end to this scandal. Well, well, just out of, out of interest, out of um, bad behavior for a priest in the behavior of the priests, what is that? Singing out of tune or... Uh... Or, or are we talking something a little more lurid? I'm sure we're talking more lurid, as we'll find out um, in due course. Now, this, is, a, this is another mixing... question I wanted to raise, if I may, um, see where we get with this. Um, I presume that all of you have seen Dark Matter 2525's um, latest video, of, uh, which is called God's God. Um, if you haven't, Great, I'd strongly yeah. recommend it. But it's actually interesting because I'd, um, someone had posted something somewhere, or raised something, during the course of the last show, I can't quite remember, but his, his question was, is God, God an atheist? And it kind of um, sort of like fits in with um, Dark Matter's video. Do you think God is actually the ultimate atheist? Well, no, I mean, if you know that you're a God, then you do believe in a God because you're it. The problem is that, you know, the, you do run into the somewhat paradox that uh, comes up in Dark Matter's video that um, I can say that I'm God, um, anyone can say that they're God, and that they know everything, um, 
but that doesn't necessarily mean that they are a god or that they know everything. But our god, the god that we're talking about, doesn't know everything because you got to remember he has to ask other people. I mean, he had to ask Satan what was going on in the world and have have Satan report to him. He had to ask Adam and Eve Adam, where, they were. where are they? Yeah. Yeah, where you where you could so you know this, this guy and doesn't know Cain, Cain and Abel he didn't know where. Um, Where's your brother? Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. He, he laid bets. I mean, can, can you imagine Satan and God having a bet about something that happened in the future? How can an omnipotent person have have a bet going? <laughs> well, no, that, that's that's very simple. He made Satan to be an idiot. Well, uh-huh. you, you notice he didn't bet on sparrows falling. So that I mean that that part he sees, he sees every but, sparrow but, fall, but, this but maybe is, not anything else. This is the crazy thing. If you're omnipotent, right? Um, there is fun for the guy who doesn't know everything, right? Satan, who doesn't know everything, can actually get some thrills out of life because he doesn't know what the outcome will be. For God, it's just a completely um, a, a complete mood killer. He knows what the outcome is going to be. There is no point in God doing anything. And, of course, there's no point in us doing anything either because he knows in advance whether or not we're going to pray and what we would pray for and why we would pray and how to avoid making us pray and how we would how we would answer to our prayers, whether we prayed or not, and what the ultimate goal is going to be, whether we prayed or not. So it really doesn't matter. It's all manifest destiny, and, and we're done. Yeah, must be dull being God. <laughs> well, another another thing that's again someone in the chat posted um, is in relation to his omnipotence. Um, he couldn't defeat iron chariots. God knows what he'd do with a new. That's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I would imagine a tank would qualify as an iron chariot, wouldn't you? Uh, did, did you actually just on the uh, energy scales here? Uh, I did one of the Why Do People Laugh at Creationist series where God stops the sun in the sky. And you can do some ballpark calculations, and it's the most ineffective use of military force ever. Because to stop the Earth from spinning requires, you know, the equivalent of millions of uh, tons of nukes for every person alive. uh, When you can kill people quite easily just by rupturing a single vein or artery. Um, well, we've noticed God, that... God stops when, the sun in the sky such that his army can then brutally slaughter um, all of these people with swords. I mean, it just that's just messed up. I mean, Well, there's a direct inverse relationship to what you can verify versus God's uh, infinite power. Uh, if you can't verify any of it at all, then God is incredibly powerful and is likely to do all kinds of incredible things. But the more that you can verify of the story, the less of the story can be verifiable. So the, you know, there's an inverse relationship there. I'd like to uh, talk about something going on in Oklahoma. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, but the creation of the bill. Yes, the HB 1674. Uh, I have been in, I've been in contact with uh, the the state director for Oklahoma for the American Atheist. Uh, gave him my sympathies if it was going on in my state. I know what I would do, but I have resources he does not. I don't know what the hell he would do in Oklahoma with faced with this. But I'm really glad it didn't happen in my state because this is a this is a big damn deal. I mean, Oklahoma is a messed up place, and it, you know we consider it sort of Texas's hat, but <laughs> it, it's a <laughs> It's a place where 
That's harsh, it's only, dude. <laughs> it's only very recently become illegal uh, to do cockfighting. Uh, or, or actually, I think dogfighting was legal there only 10 years ago. Uh, yeah. So it's kind of a backwards place, but it's also a major meth lab, and they're, they're, uh, law enforcement is, is crippled by having all these meth labs popping up everywhere. But their educational status is so far down the line. They don't need this kind of crap. They don't need, uh, let's see, let's see if I can get this right. Well, you need to clarify uh, what it is that we're talking about. Um, it, what I got out of that was that it is a bill that enables children to write on their science papers that the earth is 6,000 years old or whatever their religious belief is, that they can put down their, their religious belief as science fact and that it must be graded with an A because there's no way to prove them wrong. That's been, that has been made the law in the state of Oklahoma. Education has just had its testicles lopped right off and been forced to submit to people's religious beliefs being erroneously stated as fact in the classroom for an A grade. And again, it's not just creationism here, and this is sort of a suite of issues that have begun to travel together. I'm going to read just a, a short bit here. Um, some teachers may be unsure of the expectations concerning how they should present information on some subjects such as, but not limited to, biological evolution, the chemical origins of life, global warming, and human cloning. Well, isn't that funny that human cloning has gotten lumped in with all these other ones because it's, it's a religious hot-button issue? Mm -hmm. uh, and they, they're using this uh, critical thinking idea, the idea that students ought to be allowed to critically think about you know, scientifically accepted concepts like biological evolution and global warming. Um, and that does, and course, it sounds so, so reasonable. Like, yeah, yeah, critical thinking. I want my kids to learn critical thinking. Yeah, but of course, yeah, what yeah it means we is... we want them to learn critical thinking, but we don't want them. Uh, well, they aren't capable of. Well, come on, if they're not even capable of sort of reading, writing, and simple science, the idea that they're capable of appraising the vast body of knowledge and coming to sensible solutions is just bollocks. The reason that we have all these sort of specialists who spend their lives poring over this data um, is. So, well, first of all, so everyone else doesn't have to because there's no everyone else's time. Um, but also, um, you're not, you're not going to get that out of some school kid. Right. And, of course, when they say critical thinking, what they mean is deny what the facts are and deny what the level of our current, uh, our current understanding according to the best so educated expert specialists. Let, let, let me ask you another question. So if I were to um, have, if there's a child in this education system and he says that, no, I've, I've appraised the data and I decide that Newtonian motion is wrong and Aristotelian motion is correct, um, then he can get an A grade as, just as well? Well, yes. I think that that's a good point, actually, Thunder. It, it very specifically talks about controversial subjects and they're not controversial in science there's nothing controversial about uh you know biological evolution in science it's controversial outside of science and i guess that's what really bothers me about this is it's as though we ought to allow students special dispensation 
to deal with issues that they find troubling, right? Even though the, the strength of the evidence or, or the controversy within science is non-existent, so long as there's some political motive behind doubting things, we should we should give it some sort of special uh, provision. And that's so, really what this Right. So um, taking another religious one, pi is three. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah there's so this, this bit in the Bible where pi is exactly three. And so that's it geometrically... would be possible. Well, you have to say, well, Thunder, even though it was somewhat inaccurate, it was probably one of the more accurate statements that you, appears in the Bible. It was only off by a, a few percent. <laughs> At least scientifically, yeah. yeah but, Can I raise something? Cause I, I had a, um, but it's still geometrically impossible in Euclidean space. I mean... Uh, well, well I, 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 if, if I do my calculations on the basis that pi is three, um, does my maths paper get marked down? No, no, no. Because if if it's religious, then the answer is acceptable. And if you worship Cthulhu, you can turn to non-Euclidean geometry. Actually, that's an interesting one. Um, so, can, uh, as as long as my answer is religiously based, does it automatically get an A? So no can you actually wrong, call, right? you call on Cthulhu um, and he tells you <laughs> that that there aren't actually all those chemical elements. There's only four: uh, wind, water, fire, and music. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and do I do I get an A grade now? You know, I, I guess what bothers me the most about these kinds of of situations is not. I mean, I I actually do think that it's a good practice for an advanced student to be able to critique the evidence. I think, you know, in the proper context, that actually could be a good thing. The problem for me is the selectivity of the topics that they think should be critiqued. You know, they're not critiquing the atomic theory. They're not critiquing the cell theory. They're, they're only critiquing the ones that they find contentious. If it were uniformly applied, uh, if that were how the, the class were structured, let's take a look at, you know, why people didn't believe the cell theory prior to, you know, Leeuwen Hook. And how, why did people believe in it after Leeuwen Hook? What, what was convincing about the evidence? What was wrong with the model beforehand? What were the anomalies? If that's how you structured the class so that every theory were, were approached with that same general idea, the problem is singling out these these topics these particular issues it says to the student you have permission not to believe these because they don't conform with your politics yeah, yeah. i mean for me i've got no problem whatsoever with um you know giving students sort of simple problems where the answers are actually known but the student might not know them and letting them test their problem solving skills on essentially rudimentary problems because it is a useful skill is it's a useful life skill but the idea that people with look even after a university education a phd and such like you're only really just about at the point where you can actually assess unknown problems and have a reasonable chance of getting it right um so the idea that you're going to get this out of school kids is is um, hopelessly optimistic. But you, might I don't... Appreciate the, you might appreciate this, Thunder. I was interviewed today by a podcast uh, based out of Dubai, and they were asking me about my confidence 
in the evolution theory and that, you know, don't I believe that there, you know, is it to become a dogmatism that I can't question and because there are some gaps in it and there are some things we don't know, we don't know everything. And I said, yes, exactly, because you look at chemistry, look at atomic theory, it's the same thing as, as evolution theory because we're still teaching the Bohr's model of the atom. We know it's incorrect on certain levels we know that there are gaps in our understanding this doesn't challenge whether atoms exist we still use that model because it works mathematically for our equations but there are obviously holes in that theory too does that mean that we should question atomic theory in the sense that they're that they're delivering this another interesting one i mean if you ever want to um, throw the spanner in the works for these folks is asking whether they actually believe in atoms because no one has ever seen an atom in fact, no one well, – it, it, it's more than that. It is physically impossible to see atoms because your eyes are only sensitive to light down to, oh, I don't know, 100 nanometers or something. And well, we have, atoms – yeah, atoms are point, atoms. Uh, right, but that's not seeing them. That's okay. – um, your eyes are only sensitive – um, up to about um, 800 nanometers or something. And well, we really haven't photographed atoms, right? I mean, we've, we've basically shot high-energy um, photons at them, and we get these yeah. bounce-back structures. But it, it's a very different thing from sort of the light shines on the object and they capture the light chemically. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a different type of thing. The same thing is true of viruses. Like one of the things that comes up with uh, AIDS denialists, HIV AIDS denialists, is they say, you know, no, they never really purified HIV. Well, that's in some sense true. You know, you can't exactly purify the virus without destroying it. It's a, yeah, it's a dynamic system as well, you know. Right. Uh, uh, if it's constantly changing from uh, whatever, uh, I forget what the life cycle of these things is, but they're produced in cells, they then go out and um, there's the, the capsids. Can you not sort of partially refine the capsids or they just sort of rot away? Uh, you're, you're mixing up viruses. Capsids usually imply um, bacteriophage, the, the bacterial viruses, but you know the envelope. I think is what you're talking about here. Or the there we go. Glycoproteins. Yeah, you, you, you don't have to drift far out envelope. before you're talking nonsense. Uh, so the envelopes. Uh, the, the envelopes. You can presumably isolate the envelopes. Yeah. Oh sure. Yeah. Uh, the protein. The protein. But it, it's very hard to know that you have it without tearing it apart and running it on a gel, right? To to separate it out. Oh, abs Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I can develop antibodies against an envelope protein and see where it's at in the solution or on a gel or, or virtually a hundred other ways. I can indirectly detect each of the components uh, and verify that those components aren't present in, uh, say, a cell line which is virus-free. So there's all this indirect evidence all pointing back to one central place. But if you're going to constantly move that goal line, if you're going to keep pushing it back and pushing it back until you're like, you know, until I am shrunk down to the size of the virus and I can go around and, and touch it and stick my finger in the holes, I'm not, I'm not going to believe it, then, of course, you're never going to reach that level. And that's, that's how this denialist Actually, mindset works. It, it's interesting you should say that because I had an argument um, with – it wasn't Nephilim-free, but it was someone like Nephilim-free 
um, about uh, it was uh, evolution and how mutation, you know, single site mutations in uh, RNA can give you different proteins. And he was obviously, it was only when I actually asked him the question, do you actually know what an enzyme is? Or do you know what a protein is? And he didn't have a clue. Right. Right? He was just regurgitating. These were just sort of ways of deflecting the argument. He didn't know what any of these terms meant. Um, but he he found out that most people didn't know what any of these terms meant. So all he had to do was throw them out and people would assume he knew what he was talking about. Mm-hmm. That was my experience with with uh, Nephilim. Was it's just so obvious he didn't even know the terms he was using? That like how can you argue with someone, let's say over cars, who say, "No, I was sitting on a carburetor and I I pushed the uh, brake pedal and it made my car go really fast straight up." I mean, it's like it's nonsense. I can't argue with someone spouting nonsense. Yeah, you understand that. the terms they're using. We yeah, the individual talking. words they use are real words, you know, like carburetor, seat wheel, whatever. It's just they don't know what they mean. It's... I challenged Nephilim Free to describe to me the concept of emergence, and he seemed to be flipping back and forth between whether emergence meant the same thing as evolution or whether emergence meant abiogenesis. And he, he spoke very confidently about the formation of the cells being emergence as though he were talking about abiogenesis, and I couldn't, I couldn't interject that it is a different subject he absolutely knows nothing about. And that if it were possible for him to know shame or dishonor, then he would be embarrassing himself. Well, he doesn't, and this is the account of uh, stupidity that I experienced um, when was it uh, last Sunday or Monday um, last week, in which uh, someone that you're certainly familiar with uh, Aaron, uh, Jason Burns held a blog TV uh, show in which his special guest was Nephilim Free and for 90 minutes uh, Jason nodded away uh, everything Nephilim was saying everything that we've heard Nephilim say um, before uh, quite clearly not understanding a word of it and I, <laughs> I only watched it because I had been promised that I would be allowed to call in once they start, started taking questions, which I did. And because so many issues had been discussed and Jason had been, as I say, nodding like one of those dogs in the back of a car, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, I believe, oh, this is wonderful. You're so brilliant, Neffy. I thought the one way of getting across how delusional Neffy is was to ask Jason Burns whether he agreed that geocentricism was a pretty wacky idea. And my intention was, once he said yes, to then say, well, the person you've just been listening to the last 90, for the last 90 minutes is a geocentrist. But I got an answer I was not prepared for. Jason Burns said, oh, I don't know, because I'm not very good at physics. I don't know whether sun goes around Earth or Earth goes around sun. And he went on, and I get this, he went on to say, you know, <laughs> As I said, I'm not good at physics. I only found out about the Higgs boson last week. And I thought, Jason, <laughs> if, you, if, if you don't know whether the Earth rotates around or orbits the sun or the other way around, then I don't think you need to be looking at the Higgs boson just yet. Um, but then I, I was cut off. I wasn't allowed the supplementary question, but they came back about 20 minutes later for another question. And they had been talking about the arc. So I invited Nephilim, who had, you know, as one could predict, 
mentioned uh, the fact that Noah only had to take certain kinds, not species. So I specifically asked Nephi to define a kind, define a species, and explain in what way they are different. And for some reason, I'm sure purely accidental and coincidental, I was cut off from the call at that point, and he never answered the question. So there we go. Um, but we have, uh, let me just, a few things I would have said before, but uh, I had echo then, but I don't know. Uh, firstly, if you want to join the show, um, send a Skype contact request. Uh, you can raise anything that we've been discussing or whatever topic you like. Alternatively, you can send a um, question through Blog TV. Just click on Magic Sandwich Show um, and send me a question. Someone has just sent me one, so I'm going to come on to that next. But also to remind people that uh, not only are these programs now posted on YouTube, but we have finally got around to getting them successfully uh, onto iTunes. Not everyone likes iTunes, but we also have a, I think it's a feed burner link as well. Both of those links you can find from our webpage, which I will put in the um, title. Who do we have to thank for the, um, the, uh, the The rationalizer helped me in, in relation to both. Uh, I'm very yeah, grateful. And he's, he's given me an idiot's uh, sort of like instruction guide. So hopefully I'll be able to do it from now on. Um, and those, those normally appear... Uh, within 48 hours of the show, so uh, Monday or Tuesday, they should be available, as I say, from our website, and I'll put that address uh, um, above the chat in a moment. But the first question that's been sent to me, let's say, if anyone wants, doesn't want to come on on Skype, just send a question. Uh, this person says that they are a Catholic and would like to raise uh, this issue. Why is there so much hate between Christians and atheists? And goes on to say, the reason I ask is because I am a Catholic and I respect people's faith. I am sick and tired of the fighting. Uh, who would like to pick up on that first? Uh, do you really respect people's faith? You would respect yeah. the people in sub-Saharan Africa who are burning witches as a matter of faith, killing children as a matter of faith, So suggesting that wearing condoms in the middle of an AIDS epidemic is actually a bad thing? I, mean, well, are I, these, I don't think are these... you need to go as far as Africa, do you? I mean, in, in America and in, the, in Europe, in certain places. Um, yeah, I mean, well, what Suppression of women's about? rights, suppression of the rights of homosexualities, discrimination, bigotry, hatred, all on education. I mean, education is the big bugbear of mine. Uh, like what we were talking about earlier with Oklahoma, that um, if you are a first world civilization, you need an educated population. And the very idea that you're going around saying that people can basically write whatever they want on their paper as a matter of faith and have this um, and not be penalized for it is basically an argument for an uneducated populace. Yeah, well, we also spoke intellectual a bit suicide. We spoke earlier about the, uh, the, the fundamentalists of Latter-day Saints group that's uh, in Texas, the offshoot from the Mormons. Well, this guy's a Catholic, and he says that he respects other faiths. But does he respect that one? Does he respect the, the, the Protestants who are anti-Catholic and say that Catholics are not true Christians? In which case, Christianity is no longer the dominant religion on earth, but Islam already is, and Christianity would be ranked somewhere beneath Hinduism in that scale. All the Jim Joneses of the world, do you respect them? Or the Taliban, the yeah. Taliban who shoot 14-year-old girls in the head on their religious faith beliefs. And what if is I faith again? <laughs> if I can summarize all of this, though, 
no one cares what's going on in your head. That that I think is universally true. Um, you know, if, if you believe Jesus appeared to you as a unicorn, who cares? Who really cares? What matters is how you act as a result, or or what what effect your beliefs have, particularly when they affect the people around you, right? And and how, uh, for example, this country is going, or who you hate and how you act on that hate. Uh, who you uh, judge and how you act on that judgment. That's the part I think that most of us are concerned about is, is not what's going on inside your head. It's what's going on outside of your head, the actions you take as a result. I, I am fine with whatever people want to believe. And if they kept them entirely to themselves, their beliefs, uh, I would never have reason to talk about it. Yeah, and another Second important bit. thing to bring up is when you're talking about scientists or when scientists are talking, we will readily argue with each other about practically anything, and there's a great many things that we don't agree on, clearly. But we don't use the word hate. It, it, that just doesn't come up in scientific circles, whereas every religion does. I mean, I, um, I, I, uh, I don't know whether I, I won't name you. Um, you might not want to be named, but um, I, I do think that that is at the heart of the issue. Um, it was it's um, Hitchens who often used to quote. I think it was Jefferson saying, um, "I care not what my neighbour thinks, uh, whether he believes in fifteen gods or none. It, uh, in doing so, it neither breaks my leg or picks my pocket." But why won't they keep this to themselves? And this is something that we can have a quick discussion about. Why won't religious people? Uh, keep the, their views to themselves. Why do they seek to impose it? Uh, and it's that imposition of their views, which are purely faith-based, i.e. there is no evidence to support them. Why should we respect them for holding beliefs which have a very serious impact on other people? This is not something to be respected. It's been, it, it is to be ridiculed and called out for what it is. Bigotry, discrimination, and hatred. Um, I, I, I just don't understand how someone cannot see that. And I, I suspect that if you actually examine the position yourself with uh, sufficient clarity, you would see um, that, that our, our points are, I think, unarguable. Yeah, i got one last thing to say to our Catholic who says that he respects other faith. The problem is, is if you don't actually, have the... To be honest, it's actually a she. But. Okay. If you don't have the right faith, then your God of infinite love will torture that person forever without mercy, without recourse, pointlessly, without end. So where your judgment may be fine and dandy that you won't hold it against me that I don't believe exactly what you do or that somebody else believes in a completely different wacky religion to yours, your religion holds that any deviation, anybody who believes differently than you do, should be and deserves to be tortured mercilessly forever by your loving God. I mean, again, just if I may pick up on that, Aaron, this is something I sort of like jotted down um, during the earlier conversation, um, the concept of free will. Um, and I, I never fully understand what the religious are going on about, about free will. But the one point I would make is this, it, it, it doesn't seem to be particularly free if the consequences of exercising that free will are not in uh, concordance with the God's desires. Yeah, you've got free will, mm -hmm. but unless you, unless you think like I want you to think, I'm going to burn you in hell forever. 
that's free will. Now, the, 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 this is this is the dirty Harry form of free will of, do I feel lucky, punk? <laughs> You've got free choice, but I'm going to shoot you if you choose the wrong thing. Yeah, kiss my feet and I'll give you a million dollars. Don't kiss my feet and I'll shoot you in the head. Is that a free choice? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, in a way, it is free. You can, you can, you are free to make either choice, but on another level, it quite clearly is not. I don't know. On another level, it's extortion, isn't it? I think there's a certain element of duress involved in the situation. <laughs> okay, so... We finally get an opportunity to talk to Danny, do we? Uh, unfortunately, I did message uh, Danny, and for those that may not um, understand what we're talking about, Danny came on, not the last show, the show before. Um, uh, she was, uh, until fairly recently, an atheist, but had uh, converted recently to Christianity, uh, and said that she had evidence to present that um, was persuasive. It, it was persuasive on her. Um, made her change. Um, she didn't have time to explain on that show, um, but said that she would hopefully come back on a future show. I messaged her before the last show. She couldn't make it then. I messaged her um, an hour or so ago, uh, and she said that she was unable to make it onto this show, even though she was actually um, online on Skype. So it looks as if we're not going to hear today um, what Danny's evidence is. That's unfortunate. I was on the. I was on a podcast of Dogma Debate a couple weeks ago uh, with guest star Sam Singleton and we were talking with the with the regular uh, crew of that show uh, um, the Barking Atheist and Shayra and both of them knew Danny HC uh, considered her a friend part of the, the same community as they and they were shocked mouths hanging open when I told them that uh, that she was now declaring herself to be a Christian it was as if somebody had been turned into a zombie and it was somebody that you cared about. Very much like that, I think. And so Shira and the Barking Atheists were, were nothing short of alarmed at that kind of news. Well, I have to say, uh, and I don't mean this in an overly insulting way to her, but um, when she was explaining her position on the show, I, I did for a moment think that she was trolling and being disingenuous because her arguments were so lacking in any substance um, but hey I mean this is this goes back to the old problem it's very difficult to tell the religious from the hit the trolls because because of <laughs> one, one of them is that reason but um, it opens up another um, potential topic of conversation let's let's go back to the Jason Burns and the Nathalie Freeze um, or in fact any theist what, what is the best way of seeking to get our argument across to them because it um, time and time again it, it does appear as if you are just hitting a wall um, and nothing is getting through yeah it, it, I get asked this very question in Houston last week and the answer that I gave was that these people are in a game of pretend that's really what it is it's it's assumed conclusion and you're reinforcing through confirmation bias uh, Danny H.C. told us that, that at one point that what did it for her was that they always told her, to, you know, if you don't believe in God, pray to him with your whole heart. 
that's the thing. Once you convince yourself that it's there and begin talking to it, assuming the conclusion, you're going to reinforce that delusion through confirmation bias. And then because it is a self-fulfilling game of pretend, you have to defend that position in a way that we would not. We rational people, if we're given evidence that something we want that we something we enjoy believing in for lack of a better term you know i like some of the the old urban legends that used to be out that I, I used to think these were quite fun stories to tell and then i found out that some of them were not true and i was very disappointed but i found out they were not true and i stopped retelling them as though they were true if i were a religious person then i would find whatever means possible to continue repeating the same story, to find some excuse for how that story might still be true, or if there's no way at all that I could do that, then when you start telling me the truth of the story that I want to believe in, I would do as the religious do and put my fingers in my ears. And I have seen people literally do that, really seriously put their fingers in their ears and shake their heads and close their eyes and yell, la, 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 to prevent themselves from hearing the explanation that I'm giving, and there is not a rational person on earth that would do that in defense of their belief in evolution or geosphericity or what have you. Well, can I just pause you very briefly there, um, Aaron? I, note, I don't want to pressure her if she's not comfortable to do so, but I don't note that Danny has actually just entered the room. Um, so, Danny, if you're listening and you would like to come back, um, would like to talk to you, we will, of course, be treated with respect and courtesy. I will assure you of that, but um, would very, be very. I mean, Sunder and I will leave the room. Well, you might. Have to, I might have to cut you off. Wait, you didn't include me. I, I'm nice. No, concordance is concordance is too nice. It's a, it's so, an irony, isn't it? They own the 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 one with the big teeth is the nice guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? What what makes me wonder about these these creationist bills is why they feel the why are they threatened by a scientific education why why are they so insistent that their children not be taught uh something in the classroom given that they're coming home they have so much influence over them you know, we we talked once about the idea of a marketplace of ideas to me this is the classic example is you need this sort of protectionism. You need uh, to protect your children from ideas which are very persuasive, very you know, have a lot of a lot of strength, and so you're very careful to shelter your 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 children uh, or shelter yourself from from hearing these arguments. Uh, and I think that whenever you find yourself in a position where you do your best to silence your opponent in any way for any reason. It shows you're probably not on the right side. You're probably not bullseye doing bullseye. it the right way, right? If 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 you have so little faith in your own position that you feel the need not to expose yourself to a critical argument or an opposing viewpoint, that's always to me a red flag. Yeah. Well, the, the, again, this came up in my interview from the people in Dubai today when they were talking about my arguments against God and all that and and how. Do I prove that there is no God, which they think I have to do in order to be an atheist? And I said, well, I think it's a little bit hypocritical that when I talk to Christians, they have absolutely no problem discarding leprechauns as being just ipso facto there are no leprechauns. They can say that even though they can't prove it, because simply because there's no evidence of leprechauns. And the guy stopped me there and he said, but there's a difference. 
There's a difference in that five billion people believe in God and very few people believe in leprechauns. And that's the point of what they're talking about, why they have to control education. That's why they have to destroy standardized education and let the religion rule the education process. Because if you're the only one who believes in leprechauns, then nobody takes you seriously and your leprechauns don't exist. We can just declare that they don't. But if five billion people have been convinced that those leprechauns exist, that makes them real. Because in their perspective, reality is a democracy, and any and reality can change, remember, if you believe hard enough. But in order to do that, you have to have other people sharing the same delusion that you do to reinforce and, and reaffirm what you believe. I mean, I, I would um, counter that uh, with the, the obvious thing that uh, five billion people do not believe in the same God. They believe in uh, many different gods. In fact, uh, you would probably struggle um, to find a few thousand people who, um, if asked to write a description of their god, would actually find someone else who actually writes down exactly the same thing. So, at the simplest level, you've got Muslims, Christians, and Jews, they all believe different things, Hindus... Um, and so forth, and each within even these factions, there are many, many splinters, and they are all incompatible with their um, uh, cousin religions. So, yes. yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, they 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 believe in something supernatural. They all that that they share, but then again, in that category, you would also put belief in unicorns. That if you actually now just put the categories as those who believe in something supernatural and those who don't, um, that that tells you almost as much as those who believe in gods and those who don't. Owen, you were asked a question in the chat. Um, I'm not entirely sure whether this question makes sense, but it was basically um, how do you explain the billions that believe in Santa Claus? I'd like to ask my version of, of the question back to you again, Thunder. Um, do you think the goal of these creationist education bills are proselytizing to a new audience, or is it a matter of defending their their believers, defending their children from other beliefs? Um, I, I would say it's a combination of two factors. First of all, they probably genuinely believe this, um, and they don't want their mm, children to endure the punishment of their religion by having that faith challenged. So basically, uh, it's excluding all other arguments from the arena and therefore making it a safe space, if you like, for their children to, to learn it. You, know, you exclude everything that can test their religion. The second is... Um, that these people have actually invested when you actually become a member of a religion you invest a lot in it it's a gamble and eventually it does come um that you've invested so much of your life in this that it's um you just can't accept it being wrong the the most obvious example of this is scientology where people genuinely put money into it and once you put a few hundred thousand dollars of money into your Scientology, um, it makes accepting that 
all of that money that you put in is just wasted, uh, a bigger barrier to cross. So I, I think with a lot of these religions, they've invested um, so much of their time that it, it, it's they can't afford to be wrong. And, um, yeah, that's it. Well, yeah, I'm I'm really just give you an update. before we move on, I'll just give you an update. Although Danny doesn't uh, appear to want to appear on the show, she's quite happy to post comments in the chat, which include our last five com four comments being, Believing in God is amazing. I believe I can fly. I believe I can touch the sky. And what if the God created the world to make the, the God created the world to look old? Please, yeah, that's I'll, exactly what I was about show, to Danny. say. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, are you, are you one? I think Danny's yeah, winding us up. Ha 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 ha. Yep, yep. Uh, that's what my wife just said. She says she's trolling. That this can't possibly be sincere. Well, I would agree. Yeah. With. In which case, yeah, one good one, Danny. <laughs> one of the other things that that they're fighting very hard for, or they were fighting very hard for, was changing history in the history books. Yeah, I, I noticed uh, that as well. Um, I, I think a lot of it is about engineering the safe space for um, their children, where um, they are not going to have their beliefs challenged. Yeah, this think is the thing with it confidence that must demonstrate you're worried that your kids if they learn too much about thomas jefferson will become what democrats what what what's the concern <laughs> i mean honestly what what is the danger of that kind of factual information to this is, belief system they must have this is where i think you and i really agree that good ideas stand on their merits and open forums are the best way of weeding out the wheat from the chaff and safe spaces, as it were, where arguments can't be challenged um, are, yeah, this is the breeding ground of dogma and it's not very useful uh, for weeding out good ideas from bad ones. And know what you said about changing history and all like that, I just want to add something. What is the argument that most people bring up against atheists you know, when they when they want to challenge us on something? And, uh, when they tell us that we we don't believe because we don't want to believe, we deny God's existence because we don't want to be accountable for our actions. But what we see in them is that it does not matter what evil they do, they will be forgiven of it. By their God. So they're not accountable for anything. God, please forgive me. Okay, good. God told me secretly in my head that I am forgiven for every evil thing I ever do. Right? And then they want to deny the science, right? They want to deny global warming. Again, they're not responsible. If they want to drill for oil in the Arctic Ocean where, you know, where they've already achieved global warming to the point that they can get to the Arctic Ocean, and now they want to aggravate the problem, they can deny their responsibility, one, by denying that global warming exists, and then also by denying that it would matter if it did exist, because these are the end times, and it doesn't matter what the hell we do, how, how many babies we have, what the hell we do to the environment, burn down every last tree, it doesn't matter, we are not accountable, there's not going to be anything after this, these are the last times, I don't have to look out for the generation that comes after me. There is no accountability on their perspective 
whatsoever. All of the accountability and all of the responsibility, unfortunately, is on our our side. I've often wondered about the uh, lack of responsibility, and and I I kind of like um, particularly concordance's feedback on this one. That if you think about any hierarchical um, order in a, a group, you need a few leaders and a lot of followers. So you expect the demographics of the society to be a few leaders and a lot of followers. Um, well, isn't that um, a fairly good description of religion? That, but basically, most people are happy to follow. They want to follow. Yeah, I'm, I'm not I sure. We, I, I think we may be joined by Danny. Uh, are you with us, Danny? You're trolling us, Danny. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. We can hear you, Danny. Okay. What, what uh, have you got for us? Sorry, I'm not trolling. <laughs> that's, just, the, that's, the, that's the first thing that a troll will always say. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm sorry. I, I just, you know... Um, I'm totally I'm, serious, too. I'm serious. I'm not trolling. Like, what can I do to prove I'm, I'm not trolling? Like, seriously, I'm not. Have, I never you, troll. So are you a Bible-believing Christian now? Yes, I believe in the Bible, and I believe in God. That and what's your favorite passage in the Bible? <laughs> um... How about First Peter three fifteen? Okay. How many gospels um, are there? Um. What? First of which all. Is... First of all, um, you. I'm not gonna sit here and be like discussing about the Bible in bits, like just taking some parts of it and trying to. You can't do that. Like you need to take a whole. Um, worldview in consideration when you're talking about the Bible and so having done know, that, actually, having no, done no. that, and irrevocably become atheists, what else would okay. you suggest? Because here's here's my problem, Danny. The Bible has been proven to be dead wrong about damn near everything from back to front. We know there was no global flood. We know. The Bible is not the word of God. We know that it was written by men adapted from earlier religions and that they used these to claim divine guidance to do in to do inhuman things against their neighbors. They were justifying their own immorality. There is no morality to be found in the Bible. There is no factual accuracy to be found in the Bible. It is a complete crock of can I say this word? Maybe if I say it European style, shite. So there's no, there's nothing to believe in there. It is beneath serious consideration. You asked, you had mentioned that these people had shown you compelling evidence, and you told me that you couldn't tell me what the evidence was then, but that the next time you came on the show, you would tell me what the evidence was that changed your mind. And understand that where we where we dropped this conversation off last time, I told you that if I had encountered something that caused me to change my mind, guaranteed. I would be able to give you the compelling evidence that would also change your mind. 
So okay, share let's hear with from me Danny. What, what that is. Danny? Okay. Um, first of all, I don't think there is uh, one thing that would change your mind. Because, like I said, I had seen evidence, but it's not the kind of evidence that you show to people because... Okay, well, then, hold on. Let me, let me clarify here. E evidence is a set of facts, and facts are objectively verifiable points of data. They are not disputed. They are, just, they are demonstrable. They are measurable. So you're going to present to me objectively verifiable factual information that is positively indicative of concordant with or aligns with one available option over any other. That is what evidence is. So you present to me, you can't tell me that it's not evidence that you would show because if it's not something you can show, then it's subjective and therefore isn't evidence. It needs to be objective in order to be factual. It needs to be factual in order to be evidence. So it needs to be objective in order to matter to you. In, yeah, in order to be verifiably accurate. And the only thing that matters, it doesn't matter what you believe. It only matters why you believe it. It has to be verifiably accurate to some degree. Now, to what degree can you show that your belief is accurate? Um, so, basically, Danny, what do you believe? Okay. Well, what was it that transformed you from well, non-believer to believer? Answer. I think she's got the question. Let her answer. Um, I, the thing is, I don't believe in the Bible only because of what is written in the Bible, but because of the reality that I perceive today. Um, it's okay. Let me let me clarify what you're saying. You don't believe in the Bible. Is that what you're saying? I, I believe in the Bible, but it's Okay, not so you believe in the Bible, but you don't believe what the Bible says. No, I believe what the Bible says. I okay, so you, you, you said you don't believe in the Bible because of what the Bible says, because, well, there's frankly no reason to believe in the Bible if you know what the Bible says. More people tell me that they become atheists because they read the Bible than for any other reason. I understand that. So what is this... Reality, which again would be a factual, measurable, demonstrable situation. What is this reality that was presented that you can now present to us? Because if you can't present it to us, it is not a reality at all. Okay. The reality that I perceive is a world where people are capable of being mean and evil, but at the same time they are capable of being really good um, okay, give any jump, jump in here. You, well, I just, okay, please don't interrupt me while I'm interrupting her. Ah, fine, fine. Well, even let, let let me let me maybe I can bring something to this. So okay. I mean, I, I know I know there are I know there are unicorns in the Bible. I knew there are now there are whales in the Bible. Um, I I even know there are some dogs in the Bible. But are there any trolls in the Bible? Okay. Let me let me get um, back on track before, you know, before my wife jumped in. I need to need to clarify this step by step. Okay. And and she. Oh, never never mind. Go ahead. Look, 
I understand. I understand what you mean by evidence. Um, what okay, I'm well, trying let me, to let me explain is that the evidence I'm not trying to give you evidence in that sense. So if if that is all you care about, then really I can't. Um, add anything to this conversation. Do you know some just do, do you know some definition of evidence that I have never heard of? Actually, no. no let, let's just go for a bit of a narrative here, Danny. Describe to us the day when you first found God and how it happened. Okay. Um, well, it wasn't a day. It was um, many days where this um, this made me change my mind um, okay, okay let me let me I, go back to this please just just let me clarify one thing you said there are some people who are nice there are some people who are mean and if you look at the Bible and all the people who absolutely believed the Bible the people that are in the Bible in the Bible stories all absolutely believed in the Bible and they were being complete horrible, evil beasts to each other. And then you have in the evolutionary perspective where we don't have this God and when we have people have to fight off one, one side of, the, of your being has to subsist, has to fight for survival, and the other part has to defend your family, friends, and fellows and bond with them as the social animal that we are. So what you saw was facts positively aligned with evolution and therefore a you know a, a a perspective that does not need a god at all and you seem to have arbitrarily added a god to that now what was the reason for adding a god and can you define for me also what a god is and why you believe in it well let's take one question at a time deal with the first one danny and then we'll come on to the second one Can I, can I help you? Because I, I suspect there's a couple of people who have made this observation in the in the chat. Um, your difficulty is um, that you can't produce what we would describe as objective evidence. What you're relying on is uh, a personal experience. It, would that be an accurate way of summarizing your position? Uh, look, I, I have to say that I think that as a group, you... Um, we uh, uh, used to to the Bible with one kind of perspective that I have come to realize that was flawed. I don't think that the Bible is a lie like I used to because I read books of people like um, people who study history and how they find compelling evidence. So I'm not going to discuss this particular uh, subject because it's not something I know a lot about. But I did read things that made me think that um, I was wrong about the way that I saw the Bible, and I do think you are wrong about the way you see the Bible. Okay, well, pause, pause there, Danny, if, if I, I may. If I, I may, Danny, just pause you there before you go on, because this is important, okay? Yes. You say that we are wrong. Uh, in our yeah. interpretation of the Bible, and you've got it right. So, what if, what, in what way are we misunderstanding the Bible? Before um, we move on beyond that. Okay, first of all, you have to take the Bible in consideration as a whole, not just parts of it. And a lot of things that um, many atheists 
had uh, like told me about the Bible that it was you know something bad. I come to realize when I studied by myself that it actually meant something else. You know, a lot of atheists misinterpret the Bible on purpose just to say it's evil. And okay, well, I will make sure that I never, ever, ever misinterpret anything on purpose. So let me just jump in here and clarify something. Is it true, then, that you can be forgiven of any sin you ever commit? See, this is the kind of question that is really uh, out of context. How is it out of context? You're telling me you're telling me that I am deliberately distorting the Bible. I absolutely am not. I would I would reverse that back onto you that you have to colorize it in a very difficult light in order to believe it at all. You have to ignore some very painful things that are there. I'm not saying they're there. I'm not being dishonest about it. You are being dishonest about it by saying they are not there. So and one of the critical things is that your God will torture innocent people forever for no other reason than they did not believe this hokey book over many other hokey books. Um, and if you if you believe in the Bhagavad Gita, you can make all the same arguments for taking the Bhagavad Gita as a whole with the Mahabharata and the entirety of the Vedic scriptures. And once you understand all that, you'll be complete, a complete Hindu, and you'll never be confused by these ideas about Jesus. I've heard those kind of arguments, too. I have heard people talk about going through exactly the same thing that you're going through, but except that they, it's, it's the accepted Buddha. I think we got well, 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 uh, 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 Thunder. It's only fair that we let Danny respond to was point. To say I like the sound of Danny's voice. Let's hear more of Danny. <laughs> okay, uh, Aaron. First, um, I don't want to sound like I think you are dishonest. Um, see, this is where this is where we are different um, in in one point because I feel sorry for you and everyone else for. You no need to this. feel sorry for me. I'm not the one with the <laughs> affliction. That, uh, okay. that, uh, keep going. I, I feel sorry. I, I don't think that you are doing that because you are bad or because you're stupid. I, ju I just think that you do that because this is the worldview that you have. So you are going to apply it in everything. So you have a naturalistic perspective of life. You will apply it to the Bible. And you will see what you want to see in the Bible. Well, the Except problem, the pro that I started Aaron, out. Hang on, Aaron. The problem with that, uh, Danny, if I may, is that, mm -hmm. that some of the things that Aaron is referring to, it, it is very difficult to see how they can be, or are, we are, misinterpreting the message. Mm -hmm. If the message in the Bible states clearly that certain people, for certain infractions of God's desires, will be stoned to death, and examples are given of people being stoned to death in the Bible, and um, a declaration is made by your God that um, homosexuals are, are I, sinful and will be... I have one how, question. How, how on earth can you say that we're taking that out of context? That's, I think, okay. the issue that you I and Aaron have. I have. I have just one question. If God does exist, okay, um, do you think you can morally judge God? Because yes. Because I don't think you can. I do. And I, I don't think he can. And he is, he is a monster. He's a moral monster. 
Actually, I'm not misinterpreting I, 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 guys, I, I have a different question for you, Danny. Um, uh, if um, God has a height, can you measure what that height is? Um, I think we're straying off the point with this. No, no, no. I, the I point, the, the point, and uh, no, no, no. The point is that things like height are very easy to quantify. Things like morality are a little more ambiguous, but they can nonetheless be quantified in some way, shape, or form. If you can actually um, assign a height to uh, God, and if he actually is a corporeal form, then you can. <laughs> yeah, six foot two. <laughs> Three quarters, then, then, then you can also judge his morality. Okay. okay, do you understand what the message of the Bible is? Yes, believe whatever hokey nonsense our priests are trying to sell it to you so that they don't have to get real jobs. And if you don't believe us, then we're going to visit you with a fate worse than death. And if you do believe us, then we're going to give you riches beyond your wildest dreams. But whatever happens, you continue to pay us our tithe today. That's the message of the Bible. You've interrupted her uh, again. But, I, I know, but, but I, I want I want the narrative of what actually changed your mind, right? So you were at one point a a non believer and then you went to being a believer. And you say this happened over several days. Uh, what were the formative matters that changed your mind in this? Okay. It was many days because it took me a long time to come to this um, opinion. You know, it wasn't something that I decided one day because I was really emotional about it. Okay, uh, that's what I meant. Um, so, yes, um, I took over... I mean, I think over six months just reading different books that some of them were criticizing the Bible and others that were trying to explain the Bible. I but there must read come the a... Bible, I studied the Bible, and I prayed. There must have, <laughs> and there, there must have... Well, actually, if you pray, by the time you're praying, you've already accepted there is a God because... No, because I hadn't. I hadn't accepted God one okay, I well, let, me, let me visit you with something else then Danny I just just to just to throw some uh, contrast on this uh, you've heard of the Beatles right the rock group the Beatles yes okay their lead guitarist George Harrison uh, remained a Hindu uh, throughout his entire life most of the Beatles were at one point but Harrison kept that for lifelong and he said that when you pray when you with your whole heart to Krishna, when you deliver the mantras to Krishna, you could actually generate God consciousness where you would not only hear Krishna's audible voice, but be able to see him, feel him, laugh with him, and talk with him like a regular friend. It's possible to do this once you get to the point that you're praying to it. As a matter of fact, it's possible to do that with dead relatives and a number of other things that don't really exist. Okay. Danny, can um, I, can I, if you want to come back on that, then please do. But what I'd be interested in, uh, if I may, is just let's let's yes. cut back a little bit and get to basics. Can you describe for us the the characteristics 
and qualities of your God? Is it? A, let, let me see if I can help you out there a little bit. Is it a physical entity? Does it exist in a material way? Does it uh, have the capacity to perform mir miracles, to listen to and to answer prayer? Give us an idea of this, the entity that you um, have been praying to. Um, first of all, I would like to talk a little about the, the, the comments. Um, yes, sure. uh, people can make themselves feel a lot of experiences by praying, meditation, and, and whatever. But my decision wasn't uh, based only on a feeling, especially because I never really heard um, God's voice or had any really strong experience with praying. The only thing that I have ever felt is like feeling more peaceful um, and, you know, I never had a really supernatural experience from praying. So it, it wasn't that which made me change my mind. Because I knew uh, a lot of things about people uh, who would make themselves feel things and believe in things because they were, like, um, doing some kind of action that would cause that. So it wasn't that. D Danny, um, most sexual fantasies make people feel better, but that doesn't mean that those sexual fantasies are real in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, and more to the point, you did tell us last time that these people showed you evidence and that the evidence was compelling. And you, you named it that it was something in the book of John which I have a hard time finding that, that you could take anything out of the Bible as evidence of the Bible because it's a circular argument, but I'm still keen to hear what it was that changed your mind and, and how it, what you once declared to be evidence you now tell me isn't what I would consider evidence. What evidence do you have, and does it fit anybody's definition of evidence? Okay. Um, so it's not evidence. I'm really don't care. Okay, no no evidence. <laughs> so okay, that's fine. Evidence. That's fine. It's, it's not evidence. Okay, we've, we've finally dealt with that one. Can we go back, can we go back there, please, though, to my question, if, if I may? Okay. Um, <laughs> describe the, the, the entity that you pray to. Give us uh, an idea of uh, its physical entity uh, uh, characteristics and its, um, as I say, the powers that it has, um, like the questions I asked before. Does he have a nice butt? Oh, thunder, please, for God's sake. He is um, above everything. Uh, it's a personal God, okay, which made man out of love. And, and he, yet he does all those things that were done in the Bible. That's amazing. How do we, how do we counter uh, such contradictions? Um, see. God is God, so whatever he does, I mean, I, I won't... So we can just make excuses I, for whatever. So if God says that slavery is moral, then slavery becomes moral. And killing your neighbors and molesting their children, all of that is okay, because Exodus 31 says it was okay, so that makes it okay, because God said it's okay, and God sets morality, so whatever evil it is, whether it's hamstringing horses, 
or, or slaughtering your, your, your neighbor's children or, or your, his animals or burning his village down. All of that's moral, according to God, right? See, that's the part where I think you are reading the Bible the way you want. Because I, um, I think I, I think it's quite the reverse so here. I think you have to ignore gargantuan portions of the Bible in order to find the one or two one-liners that look, look nice on a bumper sticker. The Bible is full of evil. I can't I mean, find The Bible things. is full of evil because of man, not because of God. Who wrote the Bible? Because men were God. Because men who were evil in that time. Who, or, who was it? Men who was it for those it? evil things. Who was it that ordered the Medianites to be slaughtered? Was it God or was it man? Spoiler, it was God. Who was it that mandated slavery? Who was it Is it did man did man make the rules to allow slavery or did God make the rules to allow slavery? Man made man so the Bible is not written by God. The Bible was written by men, and one of the purposes of the Bible is to justify slavery no. that was not endorsed no. by your God. Is that what you're telling God me? So are, are you saying? Slavery. God does not justify slavery, but he also doesn't say it's something Wait, bad. wait, wait. God didn't put down in Exodus 27 the rules for how to keep slaves? God because didn't endorse slavery? At that time. People wait, wait. had slaves at that time. Okay, at that time. So God's eternal being, lasting forever, the eternally being, gave a price for human beings in shekels. Um, and and, and is, this, is this God saying understand? this? Okay, Was why it? is it hard for you to understand that God has to give different um, directions and explanations to different people in different times. Is there ever a time, is there ever a time when slavery is morally justified? I, I, I think also, um, Danny, just to, whilst you okay. have uh, a moment to think about the slavery question, uh, I think you're being somewhat disingenuous if you say that the Bible does not claim, contain direct commandments. I, and I've only got as far as Leviticus, and there's so many I could use. Um, for example, the stoning of a blasphemer, which appears in uh, Leviticus um, 24.10. Um, well, the man for picking up sticks. Well, I was just about to come to that, if you hadn't interrupted me, Thunder. Um, it says like quite clearly, hint. the Lord made it clear to them what they should do. Thunder's example about the person picking up sticks. Again, this is Numbers uh, 15.32. It's abundantly clear if you read that up 32 to um, 36 that God actually commanded it. How is it? How is it that you are saying that we are misinterpreting what the Bible says when it is quite oh. clear? There is, no, there is no issue about context here. Or maybe a, a, an even clearer example, Danny. Um, is it ever okay to kill a newborn baby? A helpless newborn baby. Is it okay to kill a newborn baby? Um, Let me rephrase that slightly. Is it okay for God to kill a newborn baby? Is that ethical if God kills a newborn baby? I do not judge God ethically. Because we can. Because well, we have a... Wait a second. Okay. I want to hear that. 
Okay, let's let's just understand this, okay? Um, God is the reason why we are alive. He had mercy on us. And mercy. We, he had mercy wait, wait, wait. on all those Danny, who drowned in the global genocide. Danny, he created the forbidden fruit, put it in the garden, put two supposedly immortal beings in the garden with that, told them that they had to eat. So there's there's obviously death there, but we have to interpret that there's no death and that they had to eat no, or else uh, they would uh, die. Right. We have to we have to ignore a whole I, bunch I, already. I would, I would, I would and like then he puts this. in a serpent, which Christians interpret to be the devil, the Lord of lies. God put the Lord of lies against the two most naive people imaginable because they didn't know the difference between right and wrong and then he punished them and us and everything in existence because they found out the difference between right and wrong does any of this make sense to you i mean it seems from what you were saying danny or what you were about to say before unfortunately you were interrupted the gist of it seemed to be well god made you therefore he can break you and he will if he so decides, and we can't judge him for doing that. So we can't say that he was wrong, having created mankind to then wipe it out with global uh, genocide. That, this uh, seems to be your point. I mean, Thunder, she hasn't spoken for a while. Please let her address sure. that point. Is, okay. is that what you're basically saying? God, whatever God does is good because he basically made us all and he can do whatever he wants, and we, we we're not in a position to criticize him. That seems to be your position, yes? Well... I do feel a little uncomfortable judging a uh, being which is above everything and knows everything. <laughs> I, well, I mean, I don't feel doesn't. like I, I can judge. Aaron, let her finish. I'm sorry. Uh, go on. I I don't think we can judge. So so, but but you don't have any problem judging um, other people. So if people kill a newborn baby, that would be wrong, yes? That would be wrong. But if but God does it, then you're not willing to say whether that's right or wrong. Okay, uh, we have right and wrong for society. Like, I wouldn't like in, to live in a society where people do this. That's one thing. Do I think it's a sin? That's another question, okay? Um... I wouldn't like to live in a society where people kill newborn babies, but is that a sin? Only if God says it is a sin, and only man can sin. God doesn't sin. Okay, let me let me so, get that. Wait, 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 wait. No, this is important. One at a time. Okay. first. I mean, God is infallible. God can't sin, right? And God is the one that laid out what the seven deadly sins are, right? Right? God can sin because a sin is, uh, a, I don't know the word in English. Um, it's like are, you're, are doing you something, uh, you're doing something to God. You are doing something bad to God. Okay, so, so when, God, when God says what the seven deadly sins are, are you, are you familiar with what the, with the seven deadly sins? You familiar with that? Do you, do, you, do you know of them? Have you ever heard of them? Yes. yes. Okay, do you, do you know what some of them are? Like, vengeance is a deadly sin, and jealousy, yes. and Those things vanity. Were created by, 
There is no bad so like, sins. Okay, so that's those are sins, right? Jealousy, vengeance, wrath, these are sins, right? Right? Um, According to God, no. those are sins. Those are, those are some of the seven deadly sins, right? Okay, there is. Uh, I'm, I'm not a Catholic. I don't believe there are deadly sins, okay? This is something the church made up. Wait, that how do we know that all of it isn't stuff the church made up? Because is there some anything of the things in the Bible. Okay, yeah, it's in the Bible. So uh, the church could just make up stuff and put it in the Bible? Because we don't have Catholic Bibles here, but I've got that passage in other Bibles too. So are you saying that there's only certain versions in which I won't find these? Do you have a, a do you have a Bible that does not have a mention of the seven deadly sins in it? Um, let me say what I think about sin, okay? Can you answer that uh, question first? Is that are the seven deadly sins in every version of the Bible? I've got five in mind. I mean, it's not like select Bibles where the church just made up this passage or that passage and then stuck it into God's infallible word because God only has so much power. He only has so much editing capability, and his voice is so still and small that everybody confuses him for saying something else. And that's why we have all these different denominations, and that's why nobody can agree on what the hell God even is or what he wants or who he hates. But we do have the seven deadly sins in every single Bible. So we have that, that some of these... This is so funny because you're so mad at God. And I'm not I'm mad like... at God. I'm not <laughs> mad at God any more than I am mad at Cinderella's evil stepmother. Man, I hate that bitch. You remember, you remember the Disney movie, Cinderella's evil stepmother? Boy, I hated her. She's I'm a sorry, fictional character. Answer, uh, tell, uh, phone call, just a second. Oh, Whilst uh, we're waiting for Danny to come back, I have to say that I find this one of the most irritating. Oh, you're back. Okay, I'll wait. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. I have to go. Um, but uh, well, Danny, before I, you go, can I can I just raise one matter with you, if I may? You, it is abundantly clear that you have been told or persuaded by someone or some people that you yeah. are not in a position to judge God. I think that you should very seriously look at that and look at those that have told you and consider why it is they have told you. It is one of the greatest scams of all time. God cannot be questioned. God cannot be judged. It is one thing that maintains people in their religious beliefs more than any other, I imagine. On that, I wish you well, and please feel free to come back on a future show. I will give you the last word. Um, okay. Uh, the people who have not... They didn't indoctrinate me, but they did uh, talk to me about this and help me to find answers. Were not from the church. They were not priests. They were friends. So don't worry. They were not like trying to be uh, doing a scam. They are not Christians that do bad things and like to judge others. They are just really nice Christians. But I. 
thank you for listening to me. And I know that you guys disagree with me, and I understand. I promise. I understand, and, and I forgive everyone in the chat which um, said How bad dare things you? about me. How dare you be so pretentious? You forgive me for what? <laughs> Disagreeing with you? I, I forget. No, I was talking about the people in the chat because some of them said some uh, bad things. Um, but I just, I want to to thank you guys for talking to me and I hope we can do this another time again. And Is that a promise? Can we set a date <laughs> on that? I'm not, I'm serious. <laughs> I am really serious because every time I get a theist where I can where I can actually talk to her, you know, and start to, to, to figure out what, then I get these excuses. And the worst of the excuses that I get is that, oh, suddenly I hate God. Why? Because I asked a question you can't answer. It's so irritating that you then pawn it back on me that it's somehow my fault that you don't know how to answer the question or that you can't answer the question because it undermines your entire belief system. It's not my fault that you can't answer the question. I'm not angry at God. I'm trying to reason with a human being who I find in an unfortunate position. Okay. I'm Wait. sorry for saying that. I know that it wasn't a really nice thing to say. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, well, we'll catch up with you again soon. Uh, we've got to bring the program to a close soon, but thank you very much for the call. It's been very interesting. Um, just briefly turning back to going back to that point, it, it, it's, it's, it ranks highly amongst the criticisms that are often made against theists, uh, atheists. The other one being, you know, that you can have no morals without God. But this idea of why are we angry at God? Or why do we talk about so much about a person that we don't believe in? I'm sorry, that's missing the point. What we're angry with is, it, well, in my view, I speak for myself, I'm angry that people actually buy into this and I can't get over to them just how ridiculous their views are, even though that it's been exposed so clearly, in my view, they just don't get it. That's what angers me. It's the power of, of, of the concept of religion that it has over people. That's what I get frustrated about. Someone else. Yes, and I, could, I completely... I I completely agree with you, DPR, when, when it, as Thunder was pointing out, that it's, it's somehow okay for God to do any, any despicable thing, no matter how horrible it is, because whatever he does is moral, because that's how much we can't question it. That's, that's beyond the pale. I've, no, I've, I've nothing to compare that to. Concordance, you've been very uh, quiet. Do come back and <laughs> make contact well, really... with us again. Plus, I spend half the time wondering, is she trolling? No, she's not trolling. Maybe she's trolling. No, she's not trolling. There's nothing There's nothing to debate here because she has no factual basis, and whatever she's got, it, it's only happening inside her head, and she's very persuaded by it. And, you know, what the hell? What are you going to do? What, what, what do you say to someone who believes in leprechauns because when they were a kid they thought they saw one right it, well no that's not even that if somebody was nice to her that's what it is oh these people are nice to me you know what I, and i i know i'm going to hate it for saying this but i i've seen time and again where some and it's usually a woman that that, that this happens to so far as i I have seen. I could be wrong, but what I have often seen is that it is particularly in a particular age group that some women will meet somebody that they like, and then they suddenly adopt 
all of his attitudes, his taste in music and everything, and they start playing until they go on to the next guy. And then for this certain duration of maturity, they will adopt all of his trends and attitudes and likes, you know, and then change personality accordingly or change belief systems accordingly. Yeah, a good example of that is when uh, Lindsay Lohan decided that she was in love with this Jewish girl, so she was going to change her religion from Catholicism to Judaism, regardless what any either of these religions said about homosexuality. She's going to do this for the sake of her girlfriend. Does anybody? Uh, hopefully, somebody else sees the kind of pattern that I do. I, I, I knew I knew it would come off negatively. I'm sorry that it did. But yeah, what's the what's the old saying, or not that old saying? But what what's the good quote? Um, you can't you can't reason someone out of a position they arrived at without reason, uh, and, and that's kind of what we've been doing here. And it, it, it that's why I didn't participate. It's just pretty clear what Danny is coming from is not a position of reason. She she didn't present an argument. She presented a lot of very vague hand waving, and what's the point? What's the point of engaging with someone like that? They're they're not prepared to care about whether or not what they believe is true. If they're not prepared to make that one small but vital concession that they only want to believe in true true uh, ideas, then then how are you ever going to approach well, some sort of commonality? For me, this this goes back to what I was um, asking and Aaron uh, addressed briefly earlier on in the show, which is you know how do you get across to these people? You, you, your position seems to be somewhat fatalistic. Uh, in that you're saying there's no point in even attempting. I, I think there is a point, because obviously no one would convert uh, without reason, um, whether it's one way or the other. Um, the, the, there must be some arguments, even if it is um, a very gradual progression that is made, there are some arguments that must kick home. There is something, surely, that she will yeah. go away with and she will question and think about and perhaps... Well. No, but that's the point. She's not going to. The belief system requires confirmation bias. And so she's going to say, well, these people were very nice to me, therefore they're right. Well, it doesn't matter perhaps, that there's... perhaps we should be nicer to theists. Yeah, but you know what? You know Why, what? I've, I've figured more? out. I have figured out that in arguments with scientists, I was, I was, very, I was upset with one, uh, in, in one instance where this guy proved me wrong in an argument. It was a very heated debate, probably the worst debate that I've ever had in my life, and it was with a scientist, an atheist scientist, and he was a complete asshole. Uh, and really, really disrespectful. And the sad thing was, is that at, in the end, he was right. And despite that he was a complete dickhead, his charm was not the thing that won me over. And so it made it harder for me to admit to him that he was right. But eventually, I did. So, I mean, I, I would rather take the course that, no, I'm not going to schmooze you or seduce you into believing what I do. No, I'm going to convince you with the facts or I'm going to give up. And, this, and again, is, this is the, the point. So, well, you first, Coco, let's do go. This is the point, though, and I don't want to be misinterpreted here. You didn't, I didn't get from Danny that she cared if it was true or not. It was true for her, and that's all she seemed to care about. <laughs> and I'm just saying you cannot... You cannot argue with someone who doesn't care whether or not things are true, right? True, true objectively. And you, you saw that when you started asking about objective facts or objective evidence. You know, suddenly there's the backpedaling. Well, I can't give you objective evidence. Well, okay, then what are we talking about? You know, my opinion versus your opinion or my delusion versus your delusion. I, what? Where is... 
Where's the progress? I'm not fatalistic. I'm not giving up. It's just I don't want to waste my time on someone who you, you can't convince. There's no way to convince someone who doesn't care if they're holding the true position or they're, they're, they actually care about facts. If no one – if they don't care about facts, why would you present facts? Why would you try and, to reason and, with someone who doesn't value reason? And it goes right back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the show or maybe just prior to the beginning of the show when we were talking about how the belief system defends itself by plugging the ears and closing the eyes and things that a scientific perspective would not do. None of us as scientists should ever do that. This goes back to what what I consider to be the the frightening thing that she said towards the end, Um, or the gist of it was, you know, you're not allowed to question God. We're not in a position to do that. This is a wonderful system, uh, defensive mechanism that religion has exploited throughout the years. And in fact, I even include um, this comment in my deconversion story. You can call that. I, I left or lost any religious beliefs when I was about the age of nine. Um, but in the years leading up to that, um, the one thing that probably scared me most, or the, the one message that resonated uh, as I started doubting this um, stuff that I'd been told was, do not question God. That is, a, that is sinful to question God or God's existence. And what a wonderful, powerful weapon it is uh, that the religious have exploited that. And unfortunately, Danny seems to have bought into it. She doesn't consider that she is in any position to question uh, the morality of God and I presume also to question the existence of God. Um, has anyone, did anyone else experience that sort of um, sorry, indoctrination when they were religious? Oh yeah, I was I was told all the time as an eight-year-old boy. I was told, "How dare you question God? We are not, you know, it, it, ours is not the reason why. Ours is but to do or die." I was told not to question. I was not supposed to understand anything, and I was just supposed to take it on authority and leave it and believe it completely, and that be it. Imagine a scientific approach that said, "Thou shalt not question Newton." It's sinful to question you. <laughs> we wouldn't have our GPS systems now, would we? We wouldn't. Uh, well, none of Einstein would have been stoned. Einstein would have been stoned. Oh, hello! Lights are going out all over the place. Um, no. Yeah, uh, Einstein would have been stoned to death um, for questioning Newton, wouldn't he? I, I remember, as a young boy, sort of deriving a certain sort of Pascal's wager in my head about prayer like you know I'm, I'm not sure i really believe but you know it seems like it would be a good idea to to throw it out there just in case and i bet a lot of people do that people who sort of are struggling with doubt and, and whichever side of the fence they fall on whether they consider themselves a believer or non-believer they, they struggle with this sense of well what if i'm wrong <laughs> what if i'm wrong uh and I, I think that's probably the kind of thing where you fear these outcomes. That's what makes that concept so effective uh, for proselytizing is what if you are wrong, right? What if what if the stakes are so high? You know, eternal torture, that's a terrifying concept. Uh, but that's why you have to be that much more skeptical because it's obviously designed to play on the weaknesses of the human mind. Oh, now there's someone in the chat, Rambo... Uh, 61 is rejecting non-Newtonian physics. Oh, I don't know whether that's going to see him into heaven or hell. <laughs> I don't know. Apostate. Uh, yeah, um, I realize that we're up to uh, 
We're up to the two hours. Um, we don't have anyone um, wanting to, to speak to us, and no one sent me a question. So um, we'll, we'll. And now the power is going off, and I think yeah. that well, no, we should take that as a sign. <laughs> yeah, I suppose there are people who think that the fact that one of my light bulbs was um, blown during the course of this uh, sacrilegious conversation is a sign. And in fact, somebody actually. Um, I think it was I heard, because. Thought, said that the lightning stri- striking the Vatican um, when the Pope said he was going to resign is evidence of God. Um, I, I don't know whether we. Could I, I, I really um, hate to say this, but um, maybe also a snack. To God, I got a really important call that came through that I had to take. How did it end up with Danny? Is she is she is she one of us again, or is? Uh... No, she's a Hindu. Now. She's Hindu. <laughs> So, so um, was was she trolling after all, or uh, not? No, I think she's. I don't serious. know. We'll take we'll take a thumbs up, thumbs down from uh, the audience. I have to say that my view is that she's not trolling. Thumbs up if you think that Danny is a troll and she's not being serious. Thumbs down if you think she is being genuine. I, I think she's being genuine only because we eventually got her to cave that there in fact was no evidence involved. Yeah, the majority are saying that she was being genuine. Mm. Yeah, because the other really weird thing is that people who decide that there's God don't usually come to arenas where their beliefs can be challenged. It's actually really weird. Well, yeah, no, it, it happens. It does happen. Uh, the one thing I would say is that come on, uh, she's though. I mean, clearly it, it, in the early days of her conversion, because she quite clearly has not read the Bible. She's not aware of its contents, and. No doubt her very friendly Christian chums who have uh, led her down this direction will ensure uh, that she doesn't I, read it, and uh, those bits that she does read, uh, read are the cherry-picked nice bits, I guess. Well, no, she, she had the sort of stock argument that you don't judge God, and therefore you don't have to worry about anything. Um, but yeah, she, wasn't, did... she didn't know about the seven deadly sins, for example. She thought that was a Catholic thing. Or that you actually had to... Uh, Reading the Bible um, wasn't good enough. You had to read it as a whole, which is another great way of kicking the ball into the long grass. Um, <laughs> you have to read I, it in the spirit. Read between the lines. Don't read the lines so much. Yes, when, exactly. when it says quite clearly, you know, someone that does this must be stoned to death, and God actually gave that command. No, and that's, also, that's, that's us taking it out of context. How can you take that out of context? It's a, I mean, in black and white. I will, yeah, she, I also also mentioned, she also mentioned how God only condones slavery at certain times, except, of course, he didn't, because the New Testament condones slavery too, and never reverses its position on that. Yeah, I mean, I also had a sort of raised an eyebrow at the Bible was a product, you know, everyone had slaves at the time. Well, so if the Bible had been written in the time of the Nazis then gas chambers would have just been okay because everyone was doing it. So that's uh, the is-ought fallacy, isn't it? Yeah. My, yeah um, my wife is the expert on logical fallacies. She has them all archived in her head and can label them all at will. Anyway, um, on that note, um, I'll, I'll come around for you for, for final comments before we close down the, um, a few announcements. Um, just to remind people, um, these, this video, these videos will be posted on um, to uh, YouTube within about 48 hours. Now, again, I'll just take a straw poll if I can. Um, I tend to, on so far as the videos are concerned, I tend to sort of like cut them into one-hour um, videos because I think no one sits down and watches an entire two hours. 
But thumbs up if you prefer it in one hour bits, or would you like the whole thing posted in uh, one go um, on YouTube? Thumbs up if you want it all in one go. Thumbs down if you want it in one hour clumps. Doesn't matter. Oh, one, oh, all one go. Okay. Well, that's a bit, saves me time. Not a problem. I just remind people, though, that um, if you don't want to sit down and watch it um, on YouTube, you can now download the shows either from the iTunes page, uh, sorry, from the website on the iTunes page, or we also, for those that don't like iTunes, have a third feed burner link. So you can get the whole show as an MP3 file um, and listen to it at your leisure. Uh, the best place to access those is from our website, which is dead easy to remember, www.magicsandwichshow.com. And you'll see uh, pages there that uh, it's under iTunes. Go to there and you can download it. Again, that normally should be up and running within 48 hours. So you can do that if you like. Um, I normally say thank you to either Ben or Tony at this stage. I don't have to because I did it. I apologize for my echoing audio at the beginning. Um, but I understand it got better later on. So that's, I think, all I have to say. Um, let's take it in turn. Should we do it alphabetically? A run, run. <laughs> Please don't visit me with the curse of Jason Burns ever again. Uh, okay, well, yeah, the, the only announcement I've got is that uh, on, I think it's two weeks from now, on March 9th, I have the honor of opening what I think is the first annual uh convention of the National Atheist Party uh, in the San Francisco Conference Center in San Francisco, California. I will be on at 9 a.m., so I'm told. So if you happen to be in the city uh, and you want to see me, that's uh, it's an early start. So I don't expect to be <laughs> a huge audience for myself. But I think it's a, I think it's quite an honor to, uh, to, to host a convention for a political party. And they are in, in considering changing their name uh, to make a, a more broad appeal. So I'll throw that out there, too. Next. Well, just, me before next. I move on, just before I move on, um, also there's um, something else that needs to be announced. I think it's um, actually in five weeks' time, around five weeks' time, is the atheist, American Atheist Convention in Austin. And uh, it does actually appear very likely then I'll be there. So if anyone is going to be in Austin in five weeks' time, uh, come and come along. I'm hoping definitely to meet Aaron uh, Concordance, hopefully yourself, for the first time. Um, yep. That'll be something to look forward to. Concordance. Uh, so I've already got a video up on uh, my first edition of Gun Control. I originally had thought it would be a, a trilogy, <laughs> three videos on the topic. But it looks like it's going to stretch out uh, much longer than intended. So I'm having to break the videos up even further uh in i've got to say that's suicidal this is it the is. third rail uh, or just I, i'm curious what sort of reception is is it getting because I've, I've not seen it yet pretty positive I, I regret making any reference to um you know the u.s militias versus the uh federal army you know the federal military uh, because that's all anyone wants to talk about is whether or not, you know, a group of plucky young Wolverine-esque uh, <laughs> uh, militia members could overthrow the the U.S. military. And I, I don't so want to have the... that discussion. That was not the that was not the purpose. The purpose was that, you know, to discuss in the Second Amendment whether or not 
it, it particularly mattered whether or not Joe Bob owned a bazooka or not, whether or not, say, the, the government became oppressive or tyrannical or whether North Korea invaded. I don't think North Korea is all that worried about Joe Bob and his bazooka. I'm sure it... Whilst we're waiting for him to come back. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, no. I just my, my mouse hovered okay. over the mute button. Um, anyway, I didn't want to get bogged down in that. So I'm moving on beyond the whole collective defense argument. We're going to start focusing more on uh, policy and, and culture uh, and the effects and gun violence and, and personal defense issues. So it's going to get much more heated in the coming videos because I'm going to talk about specific policies. It's a, a topic very few people are in the middle on. There's just very little middle to be found. I think that's correct. Uh, and before I come to you, Thunder, can I just explain that? I know that someone in the chat said, oh, uh, gun control, that would be an interesting debate. Um, Thunder, myself, uh, Aaron, and a person whose name at the moment David is... David Smalley of David Dogma Smalley. Debate of Dogma Debate, had um, such a debate, I think it was about two months ago. It's on his channel or on his blog site. I will include a link in that. It was. It went on for over two hours. Thunder and I were taking um, a position in favor of gun control. Aaron and David were taking the opposing view. Um, I'm told from the, well, it appears from the comments that the first 40 minutes or so, people weren't that interested in. It was getting a bit out of hand, but the, the rest of it, um, people thought were quite interesting. So, as I say, I'll include a link to that in the description if you're interested in hearing I, that. I will admit the concordance presented a much better argument than I did. <laughs> well, I won't comment. Thunderfoot, final words. <laughs> yeah, and the uh, cute thing about that debate is that, um, yeah, uh, people seem to determine predominantly who won these things based on their existing views which is fine you know i mean uh to an extent we all do that but um the gun control thing does seem to be particularly polarized i mean for me i i don't really have that much of um, a, a beef with that subject in that um i see uh gun control as frankly, a, a minor issue when you compare it to things like education. But yes. people get a lot more um, emotive over gun control. It, you know, it, um, it really is a button issue, particularly in America, um, when, you know, taking the gun away is, you know, next the, the government will be um, dictating to you when you're when you're allowed to be on the streets and when you're not that sort of thing that's the thin end of the wedge um but um yeah i i'm impressed that you've you've got stuck in there concordance I mean, yes and if you've not you. watched concordance's video it's the first of what it appears to be a series and it's interesting because it starts off dealing with the Second Amendment and constitutional rights, um, which I have to say I think are somewhat outdated, and I kind of guess that that was the gist of what Concordance was saying. Enough, we're not going to talk about gun control now, we'll leave it to a future show. <laughs> we will be back for our next show on the 10th of March, which incidentally will be my birthday, so make sure you bring cakes and gifts for me, 
and we will see you in two weeks' time on the 10th of March. Thank you very much indeed for joining us. I hope you enjoyed the show. Any comments that you have to make, the best thing to do is go to our website and uh, send us an email through there. You can um, contact any one of us uh, through there. So we look forward to seeing you on the 10th of March. Thank you very much indeed. I was going to say, if you could stop the show now, but that's my job, isn't it? Hang on. I'm going to do that. Uh, I think. Don't do it, DPR. You'll kill us oh, no. all. Oh, no. 